And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live. This is the April 24th edition, last Friday in April. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> seems like we've been locked up for months. It feels like it, but well, a month. Five weeks. Oh, yeah. I think. Has it been that long? Roughly. Like it is, yeah. Roughly. Yeah. I mark it by St. Joseph's Day. That's when, for me, it started. And I think for many places, that was that week, the end of that week, they already started no school. I know that was the first weekend of no public masses mm-hmm. in New Jersey, Pennsylvania also. So roughly, mm. I want to say St. Joseph. Yeah. So it, it's been a long time. <laughs> either way. Anyway, we're happy to be here with you. And, of course, if you are listening live at 4 o'clock on this April 24th, also, you can tune in any other way, uh, any of our other media platforms. You can uh, listen to our streaming audio, uh, of course, all of our radio stations, but our streaming audio from our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, also, if you have your Amazon or Google Home uh, speaker devices, just say play Domestic Church Media. We'll stream live on those uh, platforms. Uh, if you have our free mobile app, and I think close to 1,000 people have downloaded that app now. Mm-hmm. They're listening to us and using our app in in Africa, Europe. I see it all over the world. I, you I know, everything's map. on there, and, and I'm afraid of these apps. You know, you get on there. Where do you go? How do you finagle your way through it? Maneuver your way through these sites. But if I can do it, anybody can do it. And yeah. you just go. You have the readings for the day, the readings for next week, the readings for next year. All the periodicals, all whole Bible, whole catechism. It's all on there. Everything you, you can everything. listen and watch because right now we're coming to you live. On our YouTube channel, you can watch it on the app or watch it on any of your mobile devices, uh, any of your uh, platforms, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also on our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and streaming live uh, video on our homepage as well at domesticchurchmedia.org. So for the next two hours, so we hope you stay with us. And today, uh, a lovely program lined up. We have a gentleman who's written a book called The Catholic Faith Explained, uh, very simple explanation goes through the catechism based on the, the, the I'm sorry based on the catechism and the Bible. That's that. Those are his two sources of information. So he'll be with us shortly. Uh, this hour, Jim is here with the weather, and we're also going to play name that Catholic tune as we've been mm-hmm. doing. Now we're going to do through the Easter season. Um, next hour, our gospel for this Sunday, the third Sunday of Easter, and the, the Jim Grogan will be here to give his reflection, and then also. Next hour, our friend from the Desert Southwest, Claire Dwyer, will be joining us. Um, And she's uh, done a a little article on quarantine advice from the convent. Now, she's not a nun. But we're all in our own little desert, aren't we? In in our home, we're quarantined. You might feel like you're in some sort of solitary monastic life. So let's go into those places where that is their normal life, like the nuns of the desert or the St. Anthony the Great with the monastic fathers in Egypt and in their private little monasteries. So what did they do to pass the time? They're experts at it. Claire went to, actually, or spoke with, I guess, uh, our our friends out there in the desert at the uh, Our Lady of... Solitude Monastery mm-hmm. out there in Tonopah, Arizona, where we've been to many times. We love going there. Um, but Claire, uh, talk to some of the nuns there who are living, and they are out in the desert. They're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. So, Dirt road, uh, not close to anything, yeah. miles away, yeah. and they just are making their way and, and living their quiet lives. So, just so alone yeah. out there. Yeah. So, I'm anxious to hear. And maybe there's going to be some similarities, like I'm doing that now. So all we're missing is the um, 
the frock, right? The uh, the habit. The habit. <laughs> Although I did, t- I think I shared with you, you know, because we we went we take our little winter jaunt out to Phoenix in usually February. It's a beautiful time of year to be there, but today, this weekend, I think it's going to be 104. So. <laughs> Right. And it's only April, so uh, they're really, uh, yeah. God bless them. Anyway, so Michelle, or Claire will be here with us next uh, next hour. Let's pray, and uh, as always, my friends, we encourage you to join us in prayer. You know, also, throughout the program, if you like, you can text us with any comments, questions, prayer requests. Uh, the text number is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. You can text us anytime during the program today. Uh, with comments, questions, prayer requests, we'll be happy to share them with our listeners. And I'm thinking maybe there's a question for Claire Dwyer. Okay, you spoke with the nuns, and, and they live in solitude. They live that monastic, mm-hmm. simple, quiet life. Maybe you're struggling with a particular thing at home that we can certainly tap into her and see if she's explored that area. So okay. give us a text. Okay, 609-493-8255. Uh, and also, we're going to pray. So we invite you. You know, we, we, we're joined from uh, listeners and viewers around the world now. So we're all praying together, although we're isolated and separated, socially distancing ourselves from each other. Uh, we are united here, and you can't keep us apart over the airwaves. So we're together now as, as family, and we invite you to pray along with us for your intentions, uh, whatever they may be. Uh, and also remember um, all those who are suffering from the coronavirus. There's a lot of unemployment, obviously, uh, people uh, suffering in many ways. Um, those who have had it, had it, but those who have passed away are new people, no people who have passed away. So keep all that in, in your intention. We're hoping that um, I, I shared with you yesterday, the USCCB has announced that the bishops of the United States are going to reconsecrate this country to uh, Mary, Mother of the Church, mm-hmm. on May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. That's next Friday. So uh, we'll join that in that prayer leading up to that. And you can also now be praying your St. Joseph Novena. Right. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we're praying the prayer that Holy Father Pope Francis composed to protect us from the COVID-19. We pray, O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, uh, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And as Holy Father asks us to do, we're going to pray the prayer uh, to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael Michael the Archangel, Archangel, defend defend us in battle. battle. Be Be our our protection protection against against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother Oh, I'm Mother sorry. Did I miss? I'm sorry. 
That's <laughs> okay. That I was just going to pick it up. Thank you. Go ahead, please. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us. Uh, Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for pray us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My rhythm was thrown off a little bit there. <laughs> I'm multitasking. I'm going from different screens in front of me and oh, getting ready for the hour. Anyway. Um, uh, and you know that subtuum presidium has been set. There's a there's a Gregorian chant setting. Yes. It's a short little prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to find that and see if we can't. Bishop knows it by heart. Yeah. When I, the, when the, for, this prayer was when the Holy Father last year maybe a year and a half ago, almost two years, asked to pray to this prayer. And I, we had these cards here, and Bishop picked it up, and he started singing, singing? it in Latin, yeah. Oh, okay. He All knew right. it. They sang it in seminary. Wow. So wow. maybe next week when he's here, you can ask him to sing it. He can it. sing it. Yes, that's a good idea. He can idea. sing it for us. Uh, okay, a little bit. We're going to be joined uh, by, um, I think it's, well, it's like it's a French name, like a Michel Ferrillon, but I'd have to ask him how to officially pronounce it. Michel. Well, it's M-I-C-H-E-L. Sure. In Canada. With the last name. Well, yeah. We'll ask. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's written a book called The Catholic Faith, Faith Explained. He'll explain how to pronounce his name as well, That's I'm sure. Right. But uh, he's going to be joining us shortly. And then uh, we're going to play the name that Catholic tune. We've, we wheeled in the mighty Wurlitzer. You should do the organ setting today, just that little organ sound. Okay, I'll, I'll see if I can make that go. <laughs> the mighty Wurlitzer has been wheeled into the studio. And then um, Jim's here with the weather. Next hour, of course, Father Jim Grogan. Our gospel reflection and uh, Claire Dwyer, quarantine advice from the convent as we to get us through some of these days. And mm-hmm. if you have a question or comment, friends, you can text us here at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. Questions, comments, um, prayer requests. Let us know where you've been tuning in to Mass. Uh, some of my friends are taking the opportunity to uh, church hop from their uh, kitchen table or living room, wherever they are, on the laptop, they'll tune into St. Patrick's in New York City. Mm-hmm. They say the music is wonderful. Cathedral Basilica downtown in Philadelphia. Um, again, they have their choir of maybe four or six people, and it's a huge loft, so there's social distancing. I know uh, St. John's in Allentown doing two masses on Sunday, extraordinary form and ec- extraordinary form. An ordinary form? An and ordinary form, yeah, both. Yeah. Wow. And um, so a lot to tune in, or maybe your own parish is their music. Is or maybe there... you're listening to the bass on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Like right. We are. We and do. we streamed from the um, Washington, D.C., sure, so we were able Easter, to yeah. visit there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or the mass, oh, well, you did St. Rose in Belmar. And yeah, with the bishop, yeah. Mm-hmm. These Sundays, it's been EWTN, which is wonderful right. also. Mm-hmm. So where, where are you tuning in without having to drive there? 609-493-8255. That's the number to text. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a bit to talk about the Catholic faith. Explain. Don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live.
All righty. Welcome back. Uh, happy to have you here, friends, on this uh, last Friday in April. And uh, we are Jim and Cheryl. We'll be here till uh, 6 o'clock today. Uh, right now, we want to welcome to the program Michael uh, Tarian, who is president of the PM of the group, a lay apostolate serving the work of the new evangelization in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. A very, very wide, long, and uh, impressive resume. He's also an author, uh, and he's written a book we're going to talk about right now, published by Sophia Press, called The Catholic Faith Explained. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. Good to have you here with us, and I'm sure, as a as an as an author these days, must maybe you have a lot a lot of time to start thinking about all kinds of books you can be writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have about ten on my list there right now. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, today we're going to talk about the Catholic faith explained. Uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about the impetus behind this, because I see Mike Agolina, who we know very well, uh, talks in his little explanation says this is the faith explained for today's generation. Is that? specifically who it was written for, or why? It is, primarily, yes. So, um, you know, over in, in recent years, I have just found myself in a predicament where I, I just didn't know what book I'd recommend to certain people because of the, the, the layers of bias and uh, sort of inoculation that our modern culture has instilled in people. <laughs> and so I felt like a book I needed, I wanted to write a book that would start not at the beginning, but at the very, very beginning, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, and not assume or presume anything in people, even if they had been raised in the Church, because uh, I've just encountered so many people that have born raised in, in, in the faith, but they just—they don't understand Catholicism very well, and oftentimes introductions to the faith start, in my opinion, too far down the road, if that makes sense. Like, so I wanted to push that back and start at what I consider to be the very, very beginning, which is, what is Christianity? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, this is interesting because um, I think we we as parents, of course, our children are all grown now, but um, even you know, understanding the role as parents being the first heralds of the faith, that we make a great assumption in, in, in educating our children that we assume they already know a lot because, we well, this is who we are. This is our culture. This is our family. And and when they go out into the world, even in Catholic education, they may not be getting, you know, anything that's reinforcing what's being taught at home, and there's a lot of confusion. Is Have you found that happening a lot in, with today's culture? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I have a 22-year-old son. I, in fact, I dedicated the book to him. And in a sense, I wrote, I wrote the book with his generation in mind, and even those a little older than him, kind of in the millennial generation, who— you know, we'll oftentimes go off to college and we'll and we'll be taught things uh, that that create a certain resistance that's not necessarily deeply reflective or uh, you know like you can break through some of those objections pretty easily, but you got to take the time to lay out sort of the the foundations of our beliefs and our convictions. And so, I think a lot of very good Catholic families, very well-meaning, you know, you sort of figure, well, you know, we've been going to Mass every, you know, every Sunday all these years. I even sent you to Catholic school. Mm. But the fact is, is that for so many people, younger people are still not picking up the rudiments of the faith, and they don't see the big picture of it. That's the problem. They get little pieces, Mm. but they don't necessarily have the framework and the big picture into which they can fit those pieces and into an intelligent and coherent worldview. Mm-hmm. And it does seem to be the the college years that makes them start questioning 
And they see so many other people that seem to be very normal and well-adjusted and well-rounded. And my goodness, they're they're barely Christian or they don't attend service. What? Then why am I? And then just all these. But they're good people. Yeah, but they're good people, right? So there's a, there's a lot right. of arguments there out then. They're, we're trying to swim upstream, as they say. And I know so many teachers in the CCD programs where they say you would not believe the level or no level of where some of these families, not just the children, but the parents. And um, they started having some sessions while the children, or at least at my parish, and I know others because it's a, a specific program, where while the children children are in class, there's don't go to the store or go sit out in your car with the radio on. Come to this room and we're going to have like a little lesson, a mini catechism for the parents because we all need to be refreshed in what we learned or maybe did not learn. But it just seems like each year it's worse and worse. They know less and less. So we have to somewhere pick up the ball and get them back on track of who we are and why we are the faithful. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and I think, again, I think a big, you know, I've been a Catholic educator for many years, and, and I time and time again realize that we start too far down the road. Mm-hmm. We make too many assumptions. And so even with parents today, uh, you, you know, to go back and say, let's just start with the very, very first principles and basic foundation pieces of what allows us to enter into an understanding of the Catholic faith. Yeah, and yeah. so... You know, even like I, like you pointed out, a lot of, you know, these are people that are well-intentioned. These are people that are committed. They come to church, and mm-hmm. they, they struggle. And part of that is because there's so many other access. There's so much access to other opinions, points of view, because of the Internet. You know, so children can have all sorts of other inputs besides right. their parents. And right. parents have all sorts of other inputs inputs besides what they get in a 10-minute homily on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So people can question and not always find the answers they need. Uh, and so, you know, Catholic Faith Explained was really, it's, it's a book that could be helpful to parents raising, you know, teenage or, or young adult children. It could be helpful as a book to hand to them and say, hey, read this and let's talk about it. Or um, it could be for someone who's maybe decided to walk away from their faith for some time and say, you know, Life is, is, is leading me to reconsider my faith, or I, I, I'm restless, I'm unhappy, I want to go back, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, here, here's a great place to start. Read this and just get a big picture of what Christianity pr- is, is, it proposes to the world from the, from the perspective of the Catholic Church, so that you have a baseline, a starting point to begin to inquire more deeply about a relationship with God. We're talking with Michael Terrian, and he's written uh, the book called The Catholic Faith Explained, published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. Now, the title, The Catholic Faith Explained, sounds like it could be a very uh, large volume of, of work, but you've condensed this, uh, Michael, in a way that is very easy to read, and, and maybe can tell our listeners how, how it breaks down for, uh, for them, if they're recommending it to them to read parents or people just interested in the faith, people falling away people who are nominal in their faith. How, how is the book written in a way that is easy to read and understand for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I, I wrote it into, you know, 20 fairly short sort of, I guess you could call them sort of meditations on uh, that kind of build a case sort of chapter by chapter uh, that results in, a, in, a, in, again, the big picture. What is Christianity? What are, we, what are the basic tenets of our faith? Um, 
I try to I try to present what I think are pretty deep and substantive ideas in very plain speech. And I also really limit the sources. I don't get really academic. I don't refer to scholars. I just cite scripture and then I cite the the catechism's interpretation of scripture around the these basic tenets of our faith. I begin also with just, uh, I, I start, I kind of follow a method that St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, which is we should always begin with what's nearest to ourselves in order to understand something that's much more difficult or distant from us in terms of our understanding. So I begin with the question of what is faith and what is friendship and what is trust? And then I proceed to talk about, well, how do we, how do we know God? What are the different ways that we can know God um, and then, what has God revealed to us about Himself? And then, what is faith? What, how do I respond to God in faith? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then I go on to to really just unpack. Here's what God has revealed to us about His plan for humanity. Here's how much He loves us and what He's done for us. You know, and 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 this is ultimately what God extends to us in the form of salvation and everlasting life. So it, it's it's like a grand sweeping picture of things, but I do it in little digestible chap- chapters. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there are a lot of as we talk there's, about it. There's a lot of pe- a lot of people, especially young people out there, who are searching. People who were raised with no faith, no understanding, or even concept of God, let alone Christianity. Uh, I, I would imagine that in your experience as a Catholic educator, you must maybe in in one way or many ways in the book have used your experiences, questions that have been posed to you, what, what they don't understand, what, and, and questions that they've, they've, they've brought up to you as to, you know, why we do this or why, why does the Church teach that? Has that been part of the, the resource that you use as far as getting the book written? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I use a, a lot of the examples and anecdotes I use or illustrations I use to try to help make the points are, in fact, things that I've used in my own classrooms and my own teaching over the years that I have found landed for my students really well, mm-hmm. help them understand the concept. So I, I have a lot of those kind of anecdotes and, and illustrations. Um, uh, and the other thing, too, that I, I should have mentioned from the last question that you asked was just, you know, I really focus on the person of Jesus. Like, you know, uh, you know, who is God and how does God reveal himself to us through the person of Jesus and what Jesus wants to do for us? Because Really, that's the heart of it. And everything else as Catholics that we believe has to have that intimate connection with who Jesus is. So I always am bringing it back to the to the importance of having that relationship with him and then how we live out that relationship. And that seems to be the focal point of what they'll call the new evangelization. Like, you know, for so many years, I know when I was younger, it was reciting the catechism questions. Did you know the questions and the answers? They were Baltimore catechism kids. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we're a lot older than you. (laughs) But um, it was that sort of just like, you know, memorization of facts, almost historical. And yet today, the big... um, push and drive to keep people, okay, we, they're in the Catholic Church, but we want them to stay there, is to develop that relationship with Jesus. I, I think that wasn't always at the forefront of Catholic teaching in the earlier years. Yes, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. And I think it was assumed. Again, it was something assumed right. and not right. necessarily made explicit. It's not that anybody denied that. It's just that nobody yeah. explicitly drew attention and focused our attention on that relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I have often said to people, like, if you look at all of the practices and doctrines and devotions 
and you were put them into a mosaic, what you should see is the face of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, excellent. But if we if we don't make that connection explicit, then it seems like a bunch of practices and doctrines that they're not disjointed, but they don't necessarily, you know, you don't, you, like, well, what's the point of all of this? Right, And right. the point of all of this is to enter into the mystery of God's love. Yes. And these are all pathways to get there, and Jesus is the primary way. And so everything that we do and believe is, is ultimately about Him. Right, and right. our relationship to him. And so I think that's what's different. I think the other thing that's different, too, is that we are much more aware of the narrative the narrative of, of salvation history today mm-hmm. and the importance of sharing the faith as, as a story of salvation as opposed to a set of propositions or doctrines that we give our assent to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to do that, too. I mean, it's it's not like memorizing all of those facts is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We need to know the faith, but we need to know the faith after we know Jesus, because once we know Jesus, then we have a reason and a context Mm -hmm. for understanding all of those things that we would learn in the Baltimore Catechism. Right, right. that we really want to know all that stuff, you know, like because of this, I, I want to know, I have to have the bigger picture. You know, you really want to be connected. Yes. Well, we want to thank you for being with us today. We've been talking with Michael uh, Terrian, who has written this wonderful book called The Catholic Faith Explained. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and that's sophiainstitute.com is their website. And uh, again, it's you know, when you hear the title, don't don't let that frighten you. It's a, it's a beautiful book, very, very easy to read, and specifically written that way with a better understanding to have of our Catholic faith. So, Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. Jim and Cheryl, thank you. I, I'm really grateful for the time. Okay, thank now when you're you. home writing all these other books, let us know when the next one comes out. We'll be happy to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll have all you right, back great. on. Thank okay, you. it's a book for everybody. God, God bless, bless you. Stay well. Yes. Okay, you too. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank Amen. You. Hallelujah. All right, friends, uh, we'll come back in just a bit, so don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live. was lost I walked away the road was dark I could not see my hope was gone the pain was real but your mercy you saw my steps You felt my fears You heard my cries You caught my tears Arms open wide You ran to me With your mercy Your mercy Your mercy
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Alrighty, then it is time for our domestic church media meteorologist, direct from the domestic church media weather center. 
Jim Hoffman. Hello, Jim. Hello. How are you today? Good. Oh, how fine. are you? Now, are you in the mobile unit or you're, you're at, the, at the weather center itself? <laughs> no, I'm quarantined Quarantined in my home office. In your That's home, where I am. In your home right, office. Right, there well, you go. Thanks for keeping up with the work, though. Now, you know, That's I'll great. tell you, we were watching the news last night, the past all this week. Yeah. And we watched the Philadelphia CBS 3 News. That's our, our 10 o'clock news. Now, the anchors in the studio in an enclosed environment with other people, I'm sure, camera operators and lighting people and directors, mm-hmm. and no mask. The field reporters ah. are out. The field reporters are out in the middle of, of the street. No one's around. Be one cameraman in the fresh air wearing masks. Yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, yeah, wrote, I, I, I wrote to them and complained. <laughs> good, good. Did you get an answer? <laughs> no, they didn't answer me. I, I, it's it's kind of hard it to didn't under- make any sense. Yeah, it, it's hard to understand people. At least in my estimation, with that mask on, it's it's muffled, and sometimes you get the fabric like tripped up on your lips. But they're out in the open air, and you'll see anybody walking around. There's nobody there, and they have the ma- but the, yet the anchors sitting at the desk in the studio where there's people close where there are people confines, around. I'm sure because sure, it's not there by they're oh, not well. there by themselves anyway. We don't have our masks on here. How about you, Jim? You have your mask on. Well, I don't have it on right here, but I do wear it when I go out shopping to the you know, to pick up groceries, et cetera. Very now, good. where did but, you? Um, you know, it's interesting. I I do see people that are walking outside. You know, no one around them for you know miles, and yeah. they're alone wearing a mask. I, know. I don't get that. I know. I just don't. <laughs> and take it a step further. How about the people who drive in their car by themselves with the masks on? Yeah. Yes, I've seen that too. I don't yep. understand that. We're not making light of it, but I mean, no. my goodness, there just seems to be no practicality to any of this. Well, there's anyway. no, no sense. Where did you get your mask? Yeah, we don't actually? have. We, we we wrap towels around our faces and walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I've seen people um, wearing bandanas. And, yeah, you know. Other other homemade boxer devices. shorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we actually had a, a neighbor who had a couple extra masks that oh, we were walking cool. by, walking our dogs oh. like everyone is doing nowadays. You know, because right. there's, there's nothing to do. Yeah. So we walked the dogs, and neighbor came out, and yeah, you know, we talked from uh, six feet away, sure, <laughs> and uh, sure. she ended up having a couple extra masks. So oh, very good. we just. We, Keep them by the door, so if we're heading out, we just grab them and yeah. you know, go on our way. We had yeah. two masks, but before they were requiring people to wear them, they were asked, we donated them to St. Mary's Hospital. Right. Because right. they were oh. So now we don't have it. So now we just well, use like cloths. Yeah. But I do have a bandana, and I just, I feel for some of these little store clerks or the liquor store clerk. You walk Not in there. Not that we go the, there. No, no, but other people, <laughs> other people that I've heard. And you have the bandana. It's like, okay, are they going to rob me? Or is this like their facial covering? It's just, oh, it's I don't very know. Strange. I'm struggling. But so in the meantime, you're walking your dog between these raindrops jim yes um gosh we had uh we had some heavy rain earlier today and it looks like most of that's moved out there might be a shower or two left over there's a little bit of rain to our west Hmm. may or may not make it here but uh, for the most part tonight it will be mostly cloudy with around 40 that's uh, pretty chilly for this time of year yes and then um tomorrow we're going to eke out a good day mostly sunny on saturday High around 64 degrees. Oh, Not beautiful. too bad. Then, bike, bike Saturday weather. Saturday night. Yes, bike bike weather. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not too windy. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah. it's, if it's windy, uh, I, I, it, it's just too much effort going against the wind, <laughs> especially you can... when you're you know, 25, 30 mile an hour gust. But we're not going to get that. Um, <laughs> okay. It's going to be a nice day tomorrow. 
And um, Saturday night, while the clouds are going to come back in, um, low around 45, and that's going to lead up to some showers with possibly some thunderstorms um, in the late morning on Sunday, late morning, early afternoon. And on Sunday, we're going to reach a high of 52 degrees. We could get, um, depending on uh, where those the heaviest thunderstorms line up, we could get between one and two inches. So be very wow. careful out there. You know, keep a weather eye to the sky, as they say, and, and wow. be careful driving. Uh, Sunday night, showers continue, cloudy with a low around 40 degrees. And then Monday, a chance of showers continues, mostly cloudy with a high near 53. And just taking a look into next week, looks like we're going to have, um, you know, off and on chance of showers, highs in the low 60s, lows in the upper 40s to around 50 degrees. So Wow. Uh, what do they say? April showers bring May, May flowers, flowers. Mm-hmm. and next Friday is May. There you go. Right, <laughs> hopefully see a lot of flowers next month. <laughs> the lawn looks great though. Yeah, yeah the lawns look watered. great. Yeah. See, even here I had to I mowed my mowed the lawn here at the station uh, on Wednesday. The only right. only sunny day we had, but mm-hmm. it was windy. Windy. And then we were down yes, the shore. It was a very windy day. And we went down the shore on last Sunday. We took a ride down the shore. And, uh, of course, all the boardwalks and the beaches are closed. But off. it was very windy. Very and there were people windy. riding their bicycles. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. And I did see that huge slice of pizza that and, you had. And where did it come from? You know? You know where it came from? I forget. I, I know it was in Seaside. I, I I'm yeah. a Long Beach Island guy. I, so see, I, that's the thing. That, that's the well. key. There's the, there's, the, there's the North Jersey beaches, and then there's LBI beaches. Yes. It was the sawmill. Yeah. The sawmill in the uh, sawmill. seaside. Yeah. The sawmill. Yeah. Okay. Sawmill. Lovely, lovely establishment with gigantic pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that. Yeah. But, um, I, I, you had it in your car because if it was outside, it would act would... like a sail and blow away. <laughs> that's, and right. that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, thank you so much. As always, we always love having you here. God bless you and Jackie and the fam, and we'll. Uh, Talk to you next week. Okay. God bless. Stay, Thank stay, you. stay safe this weekend. You too. Stay you well. Too. Bye. Take care. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, time to name that Catholic tune. Aren't they just (laughs) joyful, delightful little clips of... Yeah, who is that guy? I paid 50 bucks for that jingle. (laughs) (laughs) I love those jingles. I would like all the jingles on it. Can you do this? Make me a CD. Oh, we have the two, all right? Well, no, they're Saint of the Day. Saint of the Day. Catholic tune, weather. Oh, the weather, yeah. And then there was one that was a remix. Oh, the remix weather, so there are four, yeah. The remix we may have lost to the Russians last year, but uh, I'll double check. Well, hopefully they're making good use of it. Which, by the way, it's our son Anthony who composed and uh, performs those jingles, so (laughs) mom uh, is... uh, very proud. Very proud. We, and you should be. We should be. We are. Oh, and can we do a little shout out for the, the Divine Mercy Sure, movie? but let's play the game first. Okay. So, All right. So then now we'll, you have to stay tuned and say, what was she going to tell you? There's a, a, a Divine Mercy movie coming out we'll talk about in a second. But let's first play the game. Yes. Uh, name that Catholic tune. Cheryl's going to give some clues on today's uh, hymn. Yes, it uh, is a hymn indeed. And uh, then she'll play a little a little bit of it on the uh, Mighty Wurlitzer here in the studio. And then you can give us a call if you want to guess what the name of the tune is. And then you would call 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. That's our contest line for this segment. (laughs) 
It's our text we ha- line. We have someone manning the <laughs> it's phones. It's our contest line, 609-493-8255. So jot that number down. Here's some clues. Then Cheryl's going to go to the Mighty Wurlitzer and play a little a little segment of the hymn. And then at that point, you can call once you Absolutely. hear the melody. And I think that's the way. I mean, with the saints, you're getting the history and we know their story. But we're not as well versed and educated on the history of these hymns unless you're a real music geek like right. me and you, you read... Um, you know, history of him. But websites. it's also a learning experience. Well, that's it's right. educational. So you want to be educational. Is, this is some great. And and it's also inspiring. For example, the hymn that I'm going to play, a little fragment, um, is written by an Edward Caswall. Edward lived in the 18th century. The 18, um, no, that would be the 19th century, right? If you lived in the, the 1800s. 1800s yeah, 1814 to 1878. So, 1800s. But he was raised in England, and his father was a clergyman in one of the English churches. Uh, Mr. Caswall eventually followed in his shoes, and he became a deacon in whatever that church was. But after a trip to Ireland, I want to know what happened in Ireland. Because after he came back from Ireland... Edward Caswall joined the Catholic Church, and that's when he started his hymn writing and not just setting beautiful sacred poetry. He wrote about the Eucharist and Mary. So he was greatly, greatly moved. So what an inspiration to have been in one of the Protestant divisions and then um, to come back to the Catholic faith and then so on fire that he writes hymns about Eucharist and Mary. Although this hymn is about uh, Easter season. I want to say it's probably the second most requested hymn. Now, last week we did Jesus Christ is Risen Today. Definitely, no matter where you go, you're going to hear that on Easter Sunday. This is probably the second one. People want to hear it. Because you had requests. You made many requests. When we made our Easter music set, that five or ten hours of music all day, um, most everybody that wrote in asked for this particular one. So if that helps you at all. All right, so do you want to hear Yeah, a so swing, swing the mic around, turn on the mighty world. Let's get the organ setting. I want to hear the big, a big mighty organ. Oh, I don't you know, know what the organ is? Oh, okay. Okay. i got to take that off first. Um, all right, I think so. Yeah. Mighty world is oh. being cranked up. Just like last week, you have to turn on the general. Turn it on, on first, okay. and the volume, because we want to get some volume here. Yeah. 609-493. Eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Now there's several. I think one says chapel or church. I, think one I says... know you don't want jazz organ for no. This, that's right? like uh, Billy Joel. <laughs> Sorry, th- this this doesn't help people. This is dead air. No, no it's not. We're talking. I'm giving the phone number six zero nine. That's not good. Four nine three eight two five five. That's not it. No, that's not it. That was, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. What's been that tuna before it. a lot of... My goodness. All right. Well, whatever. Oh, that, oh. that sounds well, like that an that sounds organ, cute. Okay. Can you hear it? I don't have... Play it. Play it. Let's see. Give okay. me something. Give me Here a tune. Here comes the, the fragment. Okay. Good 609-493-8255. If you know what that Catholic tune is, call us right now. 609-493-8255. Play it again. Okay, let's see what this sounds like. No, that's the other one was better, right? Yeah, there's one that says chapel organ. I was playing around. Yeah, I can't really find okay. that one. Anyway. Play it again. Sam. Oh, that's a good one. 
Okay, well, here we go. Put okay. your heads on. We have we have a contestant calling in. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Renee. I'm calling from Long Branch. Hi, Renee. And Hi. How are you? Long Branch. Are you saying Saint Michael? I'm, I'm standing here in my kitchen singing the singing the hymn. Is okay. it is it just Alleluia, Alleluia? Yes. It is. Yes. Oh, I got it. Oh, you caught me oh. off guard there. Wait, let me. Wait, wait, here we go. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Alleluia. Let the holy anthem rise. Very good, Miss Renee. Are you oh, in choir? Thank you. Are you in choir? Uh, I, I, no, no. I, I used to be when I when I was younger okay. uh, in grammar school. I was, but but not presently. <laughs> okay. Well, good for you. And are you at uh, Saint Mike's down there? In Long I am. Yeah. Yes, Saint Father Michael's. John. Yes, yeah, Saint, Longbr- in uh, West Longbridge. Yes. Oh. With Father John Butler, our good I friend. Love him. That is right, Father John, Father Mark. Very good. wonderful. Great. Wonderful. Well, yes. Yeah, so, Alleluia, Alleluia, and like the little tag is "Let the Holy Anthem Ring" or something. Rise. That's it. Let the Holy Anthem rise. rise. That's very right. Good. Right. Okay. Very, very good. Very well, good. Renee, thank you. That's great. That's the correct answer. You oh. are our big winner today. <laughs> Yay! And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on hold. So don't go away. Sure, we'll get on the phone and chat okay. with you. And uh, we want to. All right. Th- thank you. Thank you for playing. Great. And stand by. Don't I- go away. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more Friday Live. Hang on. Congratulations, Renee, who is our big winner today. Uh, uh, name that Catholic tune, Alleluia, Alleluia. Let the Holy Anthem Rise was the correct answer. So Renee's getting a fine, fine prize. 
as uh, Cheryl gets the information behind me. There you can see her. <laughs> so congratulations, Renee, from Long Branch, New Jersey. St. Michael's is her parish. Father John Butler, the pastor down there. And she says she can't wait for those doors to open and to get back to church yeah. in its full form. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to just read everybody the riot act right now. When we get back inside and we get to have those public masses, I want everyone, I mean everyone to pick up their hymnal and sing to the rafters mm-hmm. and if it's any less i'm i will stop the music and say pick up that book okay i mean well, don't you think people like her enthusiasm i just i hope to get back. we all pray we all yeah. pray and in fact our friends uh pete and arlene said uh, we watched the mass from saint Catherine's church in spring lake oh, saint david the king in west windsor uh, and then uh, saint rose in belmar saint agnes in long island new york Oh, wow. Maybe they have relatives there. Uh, anxious, they, they too say, but we're anxious to get back to our home church and sacramental Holy Communion. So we all miss that, yes. you know, that opportunity. Yes. So yes. hopefully, gradually now, we'll see things get start to open up a little bit. Right. We're seeing that in other states and even, uh, I think, in, I don't know about New Jersey, but our the governor in Pennsylvania said uh, May 8th, they'll start that first phase, which yeah. is uh, two weeks from today. It's in little stepping stones. And then... Um, of course, Georgia has started. They've opened completely. And so. they, they they thought it was like drastic and, and you know, too quick and, and all that. But we'll that see. will be the model. You know, let's see how they're doing. Let's see how Europe is doing. I don't know if Europe, mm-hmm. I don't think they went full blast. I think they're going to take stages. Country by country. Yeah. But all right. So we're going to take a break. And uh, for our friends watching on YouTube and Facebook, we're just take a quick five minute break. We'll be back on YouTube and Facebook in uh, just uh, at five o'clock. So just uh Stay with us. We're just taking a quick uh, five-minute break. Be back with more Friday Live, so don't go away. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go 
to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You and I must be imitators of Jesus. We are victims sometimes of circumstances, as he was here. But it was all accepted as the Father's holy will. That is holiness. So try to pray. How much time do you spend watching soap operas or television that really isn't good television? Or just kind of laying around? Say, well, I need to relax. I find prayer very relaxing. You can kick your shoes off and, and just sit there and talk to the Lord. He's your friend. You don't have to be on your dignity. You don't have to get up before four, but there's many times during the day you can pray. In your car, when you're picking up the kids, on your way to the office. Let us be Jesus-oriented. He loves you. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. 
Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this April 24th, the last Friday in April. And I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here, and we'll be here for another hour, so we hope you stay with us. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our gospel reading for this Sunday, the third Sunday of Easter, and our reflection today is by our friend Father Jim Grogan. He's the pastor of Nativity at Parish over in Fairhaven. Uh, and also next, uh, coming up uh, later on this hour, will be our friend from the Desert Southwest, Claire Dwyer, who has written a uh, blog about quarantine advice from the convent. So if <laughs> Cloistered you nuns, if tell you us how to be quarantined. <laughs> if you haven't figured out the whole quarantine concept, she might still have more tips for us that we could work on, hopefully just for a couple more weeks. I think everyone's ready to just break out of their shell Break out of their prison and mm. get out. Well, when the weather starts getting nice, now tomorrow will be a day, according to Jim, is going to be a beautiful day. Right. People will want to get outside. Right. The rain, you can't do anything about it. You've got to stay inside anyway. But if the weather outside is getting nicer and warmer, and of course, you can sit in your backyard and have a you know a nice, sure. a nice gathering outside. And plenty of places to walk. I mean, you know, for the most part, I think your neighborhood or out on the street mm. with, safely, you know, not like unless you live on a highway. You don't want to be walking down there. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> No. All right, so we're going to uh, pray our gospel for this Sunday, and then Father Jim Grogan with the uh, reflection. And this is the gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred, and it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word, but before, before God and all the people, how our chief priests and the rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it is now the third day since, he took, since th this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, 
Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened up the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem where they found gathered together the eleven and those with whom they were staying, saying, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From my office window, I look out over our parish parking lot, empty, and across a wooded grove to the Fairhaven Fields, where throughout the day, dozens of people can be seen walking or jogging. Some alone, some in pairs, occasionally three people walking together. I see our outdoor table area near the Blessed Mother Shrine, where a group of ladies gather every day at 3.30 to pray the rosary, while maintaining their six to 10 foot separation and good social distancing. I see parents out on a bike ride with their little ones, taking advantage of our empty parking lot as a safe place for kids who are still learning to ride and to pay attention, to gain their confidence. And I wonder about their conversation. I'm sure the ladies gathered to pray each ask the other about how their families are doing coping with this pandemic. I know this because once or twice a week I get to join them and they ask me as well how I and my family are doing. I imagine the pairs of walkers starting out on their exercise asking how each family member is doing with both their physical health that our social distancing hopes to ensure and about their emotional health without structure and routines that are all too familiar, not to mention the stress of 24 hours a day with the same family members under the same roof, now able to see every single flaw and idiosyncrasy in our daily routines. Much like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, so many of our conversations have to do with this pandemic. What would our conversation with Jesus be if he were to walk along with us these days in our isolation? At the most basic level, I wonder who would do most of the talking, Jesus or us? If we did the bulk of the talking, then Jesus would be the one giving us answers because we would certainly be the ones demanding answers. We would say to him, are you the only visitor who isn't worried about the pandemic 
and its effects on our lives and our economy, on the world. But what would happen if we let Jesus actually lead the conversation? I suspect it would be very different. It would mirror, most likely, the conversation not of the adults walking the track around Fairhaven Fields, but it would mirror the conversation of the dad riding bikes with his children, exclaiming with great exuberance and pride, Good job! You're getting so good at keeping your balance. Or, that was so nice of you to let your brother go first. Perspective and balance. God is walking with us on our pandemic pilgrimage today. Jesus is actively engaged with guiding and protecting our doctors, nurses, the scientists who seek the cure for COVID-19, and who work carefully to bring those who are broken and sick back to the fullness of health. Jesus will also be the first to congratulate us on the balance we hopefully are discovering in our lives, in the acts of kindness that were not typical in our life before the pandemic isolation. I'm actually reminded of my own life when my wife was diagnosed with cancer. From that day forward, we never took a day or a moment for granted. But we didn't always talk about cancer. We talked about life, our kids, our hopes and our dreams. We spoke about so many things that had nothing to do with doctors and cancer, which we knew was already in God's hands. May we each celebrate the balance in our lives. May we discover that Jesus is already walking with us and that he has so much for us to discover within the gift of quiet family time, in the gift of laughter during family game nights, in the solitude of working together on a 500-piece puzzle. May we each discover that God at every moment is working to keep us safe, and that he, at every moment, invites us to love one another in ordinary, typical moments.
Reminds me of our radiothon from last year. Yes, that was our theme. Now this year we postponed it. Mm-hmm. We're not sure when we're having it. We want to do it at an appropriate time. Of course, everything is still you know up in the air. Maybe when the dust starts to settle a little bit. Right. Uh, so we haven't canceled it. We've just postponed it. And uh, but that means that in the meantime, we're going to need your help, friends. If you haven't had a chance yet during this beautiful Easter season to uh, send a donation to Domestic Church Media, we would certainly ask you please to prayerfully consider it because we do need you to help us pay our bills here. Our Radiothon every spring uh, is our major fundraiser, which carries us into the fall. We haven't had the Radiothon, uh, so we need you to just kind of pick up the slack a little bit, help us out. You can write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Uh, You can also very easily go to our website, click the Donate Now button, and you can donate that way. Or if you have our mobile app, there's a donate option on our app as well, and you can make a donation of your choice, whatever is comfortable for you. So we do ask you, please, to prayerfully consider doing that. And thanks to all of you who continue to support us and have been supporting us throughout even this uh, very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And just uh, time, there's so many changes. Time is just so different right now. Even the parishes, of course, you hear on various resources how the, the pastors, too, are, okay, the people aren't in the pew, but we are streaming masses mm-hmm. and the bills are still coming in. And if you have that electronic giving, that's great. But, you know, habits have changed because we're not sitting there and quickly putting, you know, something in the basket. Now, you had a great idea. So you're I had a good streaming idea. live. I'm always thinking, I'm always in the fundraising mode. I uh, thought, okay, uh, so here are the parishes. Most parishes they have the capability in one way or another of streaming their mass, mm-hmm. right? So the, the the video, whether Facebook or the, the YouTube. Um, but they should, I said this to Father Jason when he was here. I said, you should, they should still have a, a uh, offertory. offertory. And maybe what you could have is some kind of graphic 
during the offertory, just a, a basket comes out off the side of the screen there into the middle of the screen, and it says donate now. And you click you that button, click you can donate. donate. Yeah. Right? Why Wouldn't didn't anybody be, think of that? Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not. I, I thought, what a neat idea. Right. So right. you can all, fathers, pastors, you can all use that if you like. Get one of your <laughs> clever IT people there in your parish to figure out how to do that. But, you know, you're watching the Mass on YouTube or Facebook, however you, you are broadcasting it. And then at the offertory, have this little basket come in off camera onto the screen with a Donate Now button. You click mm-hmm. it, and then it goes to a donation page. I think it's brilliant. Yes. But I think also, I think I sent you the article. I don't know if you read it or not, but earlier this week, Holy Father Pope Francis said, don't get too used to these video masses because that's not how right. we're going to— This is not how mass is supposed to be said. We're doing it now. Yeah. The only way to do it, but— don't get, don't don't take it you know as something that's that's the norm. Now I can just watch it on TV. Well, right. the thing is, some parishes now there's a couple schools of thought here had been streaming a year or two, maybe even more, because of shut-ins and people that just for whatever could not get there. They're in the hospital, they're recuperating, physical therapy, whatever, right. and so they're able to watch the mass as it's taking place, but. If you are physically able to get there, you know, that is going to remain the norm. Oh, sure. But And, and I think people will flock. I think they're just going to run. They can't wait for the doors to open and to have mass and pray with the, all the people around them. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it's supposed to be. Now, of course, here in Trenton, uh, the, the doors are closed. You can't get into the churches. But Metuchen Diocese, the doors are open. Yes, and Bucks County also, and where you can go and pray, uh, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, not just Bucks County, but all of Philadelphia, that you can pray. But some of the parishes are having adoration, and there's certain times where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed. And they're asking you to keep your distance. Just right? keep your distance, right? Yet the masses and the more daily masses they have are, can't be publicly attended, I suppose. Right. I, I just <laughs> because you think about just doesn't make any sense to me. Daily mass, people are working. How many really get there? 15, 20? Yeah, well, nobody's 50? working now. That's the problem. No. no. Oh, that's true. So maybe they would think, all right, more people would come to your daily mass. But I wonder if like you went to one of these masses, get out. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just I just doesn't there're just too many variables anymore. Yeah. I'm just thinking well, I don't I don't I just and I'm not I, you know, I I say we say it here. Follow government guidelines do what you're told to do and social we're not distance. belittling it in any way no but, but i'm just hard. i think we're all just trying to figure a way out and say well if we can do this why can't we do that if we can do this way why can't we do it that way mm. um you know we mentioned last week you drove by lowe's you went into lowe's and it was packed and the parking lot was packed and and the, right. there was no no really i mean unless the people took it upon themselves to be socially distant there was no uh, enforcement of that. Right, right. No arrows or lines on the floor or anything. Yeah, the of grocery special. stores are doing that. They're letting yes. only certain amount. So I, I just I, they have uh, one way aisles. One <laughs> oh, wait, way. I forgot something. You got to go all the way. I'm like the Disney rides. You know, yeah. you're, you're roped yeah, off and right. you go a certain direction. But they say yeah, that's... you went to a deli the other day in our area. Oh, yeah, it was packed, and there were people everywhere. Uh, and there was just yeah. deli meats and rolls in the in the in the in the fins. bin. Just you have to use the um <laughs> the tongs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I don't know. But again, like we've not been through anything like this in our no. lifetime. I guess so because it's not consistent. What... That's that's I guess that's what bothers right. me. It's not I think really consistent. they'll learn from all of this. They'll learn and have something in place if it ever should happen again. But well, you hope not. They say now the big, you know, the media now is saying, but you know, a few things. Like first of all, 
more people have it than didn't know it. You know, so the number, like they say, three million had people it. Mm-hmm. had it in in New York and didn't even know it. Um, so the thing is, you might have it and not know it, so still stay inside. I, I, I just, I just, I doesn't. It's like almost like a scare tactic to try to get people yeah. just to stay in. But anyway, I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Now, I, I <laughs> uh, if you have uh, any uh, comments or questions, friends. Um, you can text us here at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. Just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Claire Dwyer, and she's going to talk about quarantine advice from the convent. She's written a little blog on on that, that topic. She went and uh, spoke to a couple of uh, the nuns over there at Our Lady of Solitude Monastery in Tonopah, Arizona. It's mm-hmm. about an hour west of Phoenix, and there's only the about desert. five or six of the sisters there, right? Yeah, I think five, five. Or six. I think five, yeah. Hmm. And pretty much cloistered. <laughs> yes. In the middle of nowhere. They pray. Their, their beautiful. mission it's, it's is to pray. It's a beautiful monastery, beautiful church they have. Yes. And they're hoping to raise the funds to build the, the actual monastery. Right. I think they were breaking ground on it this spring, the last okay. I heard, hmm. this past spring, or now, I guess it is spring, um, and uh, to build the monastery, because right now they're living in a, in a kind of a a trailer across the parking lot from yeah. the church. Right. But they would like the monastery to be built attached to the attached, church. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful little church. Anybody who ever ventures out there, because nobody's going anywhere right now, but eventually. Um, it is something to see. It is beautiful. Six a, miles of dirt road. Six miles of dirt road off the freeway. So you're, you're following, you know, just dirt road to get back. And all of a sudden you see this beautiful, beautiful church in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it is, it and it's is Mother beautiful. Angelica's order. Right. It's Mother's order. That's why mm-hmm. we started going there and uh, supporting it because it's just beautiful. Um, and that area of the country we like. So. And I'm thinking we have all the time in the world now. Let's go back. But 104 already in 104 April? 104 in April. Now, I only remembered when we lived there, I remember reaching 100 the first time, maybe the end of April, April okay. 30th, More so first. like first week of May. The hottest, the hottest I ever remember being when we lived out there. It was middle of June, and I was downtown Phoenix for something, and the thermometer on the bank said 122. <laughs> but wow. it was a dry heat, yeah. a dry heat. <laughs> then we, we went out there, we were out there in, in, in February, and it was 70 degrees, 65, Gorgeous. 70. Yeah. And you were saying, gee, maybe when we retire, we as you forget what the summers are like. Right. And they're long. Like you said, April. April to November. Even to if you November. said just May to November, that's just so, so hot. And remember, Claire, we had Claire, one the previous times we had Claire on, she, she was saying it. We knew it. It was just the opposite of what we do here. In the summertime, nobody's outside because right. it's too hot. Right. They're all out in the winter. When I was at, when we were out there in, in uh, February, the parish that we went to there in South Phoenix. Was there a parish, a parish picnic? Parish picnic, February eighth. <laughs> so February ninth. Wouldn't 9th. do that here. <laughs> no, because that's when they can't have it in the summer. Exactly. No. But uh, you asked about the Desert Fathers. I I got the the writings of the Desert Fathers. Um, it's in the chapel, and I remember getting it, and I forgot I had it two years ago before we went out to, to Phoenix. I was going to bring it with me to bring it into the desert. The writings yes, of the Desert Fathers. Yeah, yeah that's and probably a good read Saint right Anthony now. Saint Anthony of the Desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saint Anthony of the Desert. That's right. It would be a good read now because I think all... I'll read that one. I've some of it is so a little. Some is a little. A little. I, I found. I remember some of it was a little. A little, not odd. Just just interesting considering this is such a long time ago. But I, I remember. Um, um, a quote, and that's why I, I thought of it, where someone asked St. Anthony, not the St. Anthony of Petra, St. Anthony of the Desert, um, about why 
I guess it, I can't think of the exact quote, but it was it was basically that in those days they had a deal with the devil chained, but in in days to come, like our era, we're dealing with the devil unchained. Unchained, yeah. And that was one of his sayings. But anyway, it's a whole book of all kinds of. So, is the early centuries like the year one hundred? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the first, the first or second century. Yeah. Uh, in the desert, yes. Egypt, Saint Anthony of the Desert, and you can get the book, the Writings of the Des- Desert Fathers. Okay. And it's in the chapel somewhere. I, I, I did get right. it a couple well, years ago. Well, that'll be my next book. I'm doing a lot of reading, folks. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the desert, Claire Dwyer will be joining us in just a moment. Um, to talk about quarantine advice from the convent. And uh, in the meantime, friends, we'll take a quick musical break. And, we'll and let be, me say this, yeah, the so title of Oh, the... we wanted to mention that movie. Oh, right. But we're about to hear a song called Sanctuary. I thought that would be very appropriate as we start talking about the, the quarantining and the, the convent, your own little sanctuary. That's you have right. to give it a positive spin. But um, so earlier we mentioned our son Anthony writes those little jingles. He's a composer, and he was also brought on by St. Luke Productions and uh, composes music for some of the programs that they do. The plays. The plays. So he did... um, Bishop Tolton and Father Tolton. Father Tolton. But they're the ones that go to the parishes with one or two actors and some props and lighting. Like they and, did St. Saint Therese, they right. did uh, Faustina. And they did Faustina. Maximilian Colby. Now they're doing a movie of St. Faustina. St. Faustina. And he scored the movie. And it's, um, now I'm trying to think of the website, Divine Mercy, Heart of Mercy. Heart of Mercy. Heartofmercy.com. I'm quite sure that's what you're looking it up. But if you want to explore that a little bit, it was supposed to come out this spring. But of course, like many other things, because of COVID-19, everything's halted and that has disrupted their release date. But the trailer is Heartofmercymovie.com. Heartofmercymovie.com. And you can watch the trailer. It looks wonderful. But, of course, Proud Mama here has to put in a little word that listens specifically to the music. And go. it's only three or four-minute trailer. The trailer, yeah. And it's just sweeping. And um, Anthony so. composed that music. For Anthony the, did For the whole movie, too. but for the trailer. So yeah. heartofmercymovie.com. That's the website. So All right, check we'll it out. Take a break. And I'll be back with Claire Dwyer. So stay where you are.
All righty, very good. That reminds me of that uh, Divine Mercy song. Oh, like to uh, the sing on, the chaplet? Yeah, didn't it? I don't know. It does. I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for. I always hear other tunes in certain <laughs> tunes. Anyway, we want to welcome our friend uh, from the desert southwest, Claire. Claire, how are you? I'm holding up. Yeah. Or holding up, I <laughs> holding guess. Up. Yeah. Like holding everybody up. else. How are you guys? We're okay. fine. We're fine. Yeah. We're still together, still married. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you That's have, a good how, thing. <laughs> how many children are home with you? Well, all six of them. In uh-huh. fact, my oldest was set to um, have his commencement exercises and oh. graduate from college today. Oh. Um, so they went fishing instead, kind <laughs> of, you know, That's to good. try to make up for it a little bit. But That's so right. he's home, he's been home. Um, and so all six kids, my husband's working from the kitchen mm. and I work from home anyway. So right. we are all one big happy mm. bunch. The good thing is that in, well, it's just started to get hot. I know you were out here earlier, um, right? In February. February. Yeah, we had lovely weather when we were out there. Yeah. Right. So it's been beautiful, literally up until this week, even in the mornings Uh, are still gorgeous. So we can go outside and enjoy that. So I just feel for my family in Wisconsin and everybody else in the rest of the country that's been um, having to endure the winter Mm -hmm. in addition to quarantine. Right, right. Because many of them are still getting snow. I know Vermont, Michigan, Indiana, there it's all. It it was, uh, I think, Divine Mercy Sunday. And my son sent me a little video. It was snowing to beat the band there. In Michigan. In Michigan, yeah. Now, is Arizona Arizona as strict as we are here uh, in Jersey, New York area? With the mitigation? Um, I don't know what it is. I know the East Coast has been hit harder, but we um, have been trying to keep everything um, at bay. And yeah, I mean, it's all the restaurants are closed down, takeout only, rules are closed for the rest of the year. So I imagine it's pretty much the only difference is that we, you know, can go outside and you'll see people out and about just in the outdoors, but. Right, right. And um, I guess churches also, right? No public gatherings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Same thing. Yeah. 
Well, you had a wonderful idea and, and, and inspiration in discussing this whole situation when on your website, even the sparrow.com, uh, an article about the closest thing to being in a cloister is <laughs> being quarantined. <laughs> They've got it down, right? Tell us a little bit about how you, how you, how you came about that and, and who you talked with to get some advice. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always, you know, every once in a while on a kind of a crazy day at home, my mind wanders a little bit and I wonder, did I miss a vocation to the cloistered life? Because <sighs> I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I just, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. But yes. it occurred to me as we were kind of um, holding up in our homes with our families that this is a little taste of what it's like to join a cloistered community where you do not have access to the outside world and you live in very close quarters right. with the same people day in and day out. And of course, the difference is that they've got access to the sacraments and, you know, mass and things like that that we don't have right now. But um I started to think what what habit and what have they learned over the centuries of living this way that maybe we who don't um, normally experience this kind of lifestyle that we could maybe learn from. So I have um, friends in the we, we've talked about them before the um, poor Claire's of perpetual adoration in Tonopah, Arizona. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to them, and then there's an order of nuns, the cloistered Carmelites in Alhambra, who I have never met, obviously, but I had been in their convent, um, in their chapel a couple years ago when I was doing a retreat in California, and we went to ask for their prayers. So I heard the voice through the grating, but I never met the sisters. But, um, but they're on Facebook, funny enough, and I reached out to them. Um, it's interesting, too, because what we need to realize about these cloister nuns is that even though they separate themselves from the world, they do it so that they can um, kind of be mediators for us and pray for us. And so they love it when people reach out to them mm-hmm. and they're very responsive. So just to keep that in mind that maybe at the end, I'll give you the website addresses of these two communities because they would love to hear from people in the outside world and pray for them um, and for their intention. So anyway, I reached out to them, and they were so gracious, and I asked um, both orders two questions. And I said, what is God inviting us to in this time of forced isolation and separation? Good, yeah. And then I asked, and how can we best dispose ourselves to that, to not just surviving this, but actually growing closer so that when this is over, we um, actually are... Um, closer to God and even closer to the people in our quote-unquote communities, mm-hmm. right, our homes. Right. Um, so they answered, and as you would expect, when the Holy Spirit is present, their answers were almost identical, mm-hmm. even though they come from totally different traditions in the Church, and right. um, they had really similar answers. And the, the answer to that first question of what is God inviting us to, they both said, Um, That It's a two-part answer. First of all, God is inviting us to a deeper encounter with Himself and a renewal of our relationships, Mm. which I thought was beautiful. Yeah. Renewal of of our relationship with Christ. And each other. Well, it's two-part, right? So it's a deeper relation. It's a deeper encounter and a deeper yes and a deeper relationship with God, which is always 
we're always invited to go deeper with our Lord, right? Yes. And so this is one opportunity to surrender to Him and to encounter Him. And what they said was, look for the ways that God is inviting you to encounter Him in the small things. Mm-hmm. Um, the poor Claire's said that within the confines of the—this is a quote from them—within the confines of the monastery walls, or in the case of many now within the home, we learn the beautiful significance of very small things. And through intentional living, we allow the Lord to use these very small things to do mighty works in our soul, in our community, and in the whole world. And being attentive to His love throughout the day becomes possible in silence and without the normal distractions Mm -hmm. and noise. The voice of the Lord is more readily heard. Mm. And then the relationships that they mentioned, it was interesting because of the obvious one is the relationships of the people in your home that are also cloistered with you right Right. now. So you're rubbing up against each other a little bit more, and there's not as much outside activity to kind of keep you separated. Mm -hmm. Give you a break. Uh, (laughs) Right. But even for those people who are alone, um, and my heart goes out to them, because as difficult as life is with your family in close quarters, it's even more difficult when you are alone. Absolutely. But they said that the Lord is inviting us to relationships with each other through intercessory prayer, Mm. which I thought was fascinating. Like he's inviting us to draw close as a church, Mm -hmm. as a community, as the world, through praying for the same things to remind ourselves that we are united through our prayer and in Christ and nothing, nothing can separate us from that. Right. And, you know, I, I was thinking, Claire, when because Cheryl and I, are, we're, we're by ourselves. Our kids are all grown out of the house, so we just, Cheryl and me and, and the cat. Yes. <laughs> he says that so endearingly. Um, but, you, you know, we're, we're married 35 years, and, and, and uh, but it came to me Easter, because we, we're very blessed here at, at our station. We have a chapel with a tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So we're able to be here with our Lord, oh, wow. and um, mm-hmm. we were here Easter Sunday morning uh, listening to the Mass and in, in the chapel, and it, it it came to me that you know the Lord has allowed. You know, we 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 were all we're all upset and sad that the churches are closed. We can't get to public Mass, we can't go to that building. We all congregate, come from many different areas, and go to that one building in our area to to worship. But the Lord, it's almost as if that there, it was like a, an explosion where now there are all these little domestic churches scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. And right. we're in them, but with the people who mean the most to us in our lives, and that's it. There's no distraction. There's no, you know, even if you go to, to Mass, you try to remain undistracted, but you may not even be as close in your worship with with your family as you are required to be now in your home. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that's so true. I mean, and nothing can take the place of the Eucharist, but with, and I mentioned this in the, the piece that we're talking about, you know, Easter Sunday, it hit me because we, of course— how sad that we weren't with our parish and our community and, and celebrating um, communally the sacrifice of Mass for Easter Sunday. But I was listening to my 19-year-old son read the gospel out loud in our living room, <sighs> and I thought, this would never have happened. Mm. And it was it, it was a powerful experience in and of itself Yeah, um, that is beautiful if we pay attention to those things. Right. 
And I hope that people, especially those that are honored and blessed to have the, the children still at home and to still have your family unit, to take some time before we do go back and maybe start rushing around again to reflect on the before and after. And, you know, we, we could have taken a before photo and an after photo and we could see our hair now looks like some type of shrubbery. <laughs> but if yeah, it, let's not go there. Yeah, right? no, we're not going to. But the before <laughs> and after. I'm getting the hedge clippers. Yeah, <laughs> I need something. I need a lawnmower. But um, the before and after of our interior soul, I think the family is going to come out not the same family as five or six weeks ago. It, there's going to be another family emerging from that household. Yeah, and it would be tragic if we weren't a little bit different, if we hadn't been changed by this experience for the better. Yes. But that's kind of up to us and our right. response. And, and the sisters also gave a couple things, if we have time, yes, please. Yes. practical advice. Mm-hmm. Good. Like, how do we do that? That's all well and good, you know. But but what's interesting, they both had, again, at the same, um, to the second, to the second question, how can we dispose ourselves to actually, you know, growing? So they had the same piece of advice for number one. And they said, first of all, it shouldn't be like a free-for-all. And they said, you know, the, the religious live by a rule of life or what the poor clears call an orarium, meaning that every hour is accounted for. Mm-hmm. And they said, this could be an invitation to really examine how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. And to create for yourself set time for everything, including prayer, including family, give yourself completely to that one activity for the time that's assigned to it and see what God does. Because we don't have any outside structure anymore. There's no office hours or school schedules or practice times or, you know, Mm, everything is dependent on us. And and this is an opportunity to create for us um, what the nuns say is actually freeing. It's not confining or restricting, but it's actually freeing yourself to be completely available to that activity or to that prayer Mm -hmm. time or to that family member during that time. And then they also said, though, that they realized, and I felt very um, validated when the Carmelites pointed out that isolation doesn't necessarily mean silence. Mm -hmm. For those of us with families, we have never maybe had less silence. And so um, they said to carve out for yourself time just to be with God within that rule and to have quiet time. Mm. That's, yeah. um, even just to take a nap. They actually said that, and I highlighted that in the article. Like, it's okay <laughs> to take a nap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, Jim, you, there you go. Oh, he was way ahead. Now. Yeah, yeah. I'm way at that age now. I, 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 I like my little little, little mid-afternoon uh, getaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right around 2 o'clock, yeah. I'm kind of worthless. I'm kind of worthless <laughs> if I don't lay down for 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? It's either more coffee, yeah. chocolate, or a little bit of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it's all three. Yeah. I need a nap, chocolate, and coffee. And work. In fact, I have my cup, my afternoon cup right next to me. There you go. <laughs> um, and then Finally, they said, uh, the Carmelites actually said, reminded us to make use of the, the media, which I should have put domestic church media That's in there. Right. But, um, you know, EWTN, <laughs> all these good programming and yeah. shows that keep us connected to mm-hmm. each other yeah. to remind us that we are really not alone. And uh, they all, they said to remember, Jesus um, is present within you and his life. It within you lives on, even though you may be separated from the sacraments and the Eucharist especially. And they remind us that they, again, are praying for us 
and that we are united mm-hmm. um, in the heart of Christ and in the church. So that yeah, was cool. just a beautiful kind of reassurance for me, and I hope for everybody that really we're not as isolated maybe as we feel. And tuning into those broadcasts like the EWTN Mass, for example, uh, all, th- all the services throughout Holy Week are usually at the same time. When it gets to the point of Holy Communion, that we're all saying that prayer together, the spiritual communion, and you can just imagine every household, you could just see the incense rising to heaven. Like we are mm-hmm. so united with people across the miles praying for that spiritual communion with Christ. And and again, that should be affirming that, you know what, I'm, I'm not really alone. Like I'm with all these other people. I love that visual image of the incense rising yeah. from our heart. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Claire, we want to thank you. We give the websites to the two uh, monasteries too. But uh, listeners, you can read uh, Claire's uh, article in EvenTheSparrow.com uh, on uh, this topic. A beautiful, beautiful writing and a beautiful topic. But Claire, if you would give the the, the two websites, you mentioned that the the nuns love to hear from people. Yes, absolutely. So the poor Claire's um, are the DesertNuns.com, and the Cloistered Carmelites are the it's Carmel Teresa. C-A-R-M-E-L-T-E-R-E-S-A, carmelteresa.org. .org. You can reach them there. Yeah, and if you're on Facebook, look up the Cloistered Carmelites of Alhambra. They're mm. on there. But, you know, Pope John Paul II asked the um, the religious that are cloistered to be examples to the world and to mm. um, reach out to the world, and so both orders do such a beautiful job. And we need them. So yeah, we do. It's great that they're available to us. We do. Mm-hmm. Well, Claire, again, thank you so much, and and uh, to you and your family. And and you know, is there before we have about a minute left? You personally, uh, you mentioned three things you drew away from from this. Have you, in your own just experience there with your family, have you learned anything uh, new about how to live and how to get along and how to anything come out of this for you, particularly the quarantine? Well. Yeah, I had made, um, I early on, and I mentioned this, I realized that a lot of what the way that I frame things in my own mind has a big influence. And so I can either start to um, think of things as frustrating or exhausting or difficult when really they might just be um, an opportunity or a a sacrificial moment or something that I can offer up to God with love and joy. Um, homeschooling is new for me, and I because that's really what it is. I mean, a lot of the, the teachers are available, but a lot of the the uh, responsibility falls on our shoulders as parents now. And as somebody that works full time from home, that's um, I'm tempted at times to get uh, just you know to think of it as exhausting and. Terrible, and thank God I'm not, you know, this isn't all the time, but really, God is giving me a gift. Yeah. When yeah. have I ever, even in the summer, you know, we're running from one thing to the next, when have I ever had the um, opportunity to have my kids' undivided attention? Right, yeah. right. Um, and so I'm just trying to do a lot of, like, cuddling on the couch with the school books and using it as an opportunity to grow closer to them. Mm. Yeah. 
and uh, God's given me the grace to do it. So That's what great. more can I say? That's, That's beautiful. That's and then, great. you know, in years to come, you'll all be able to talk about, remember when we were all quarantined, there's there's still going to be like this unity, this common closeness. I mean, you'll remember it always. And you'll look back and treasure the days when you were the teacher cuddling on the couch. I mean, yeah. trust, yeah. trust. Yeah. Again, and in friends, the meantime, I'm getting a refresher course on vowel digraphs and <laughs> Latin, Latin verbs. And oh, all, there you uh, go. Boy, who knew? There you go. There you go. Again, friends, go to eventhesparrow.com. Claire Dwyer has written closest thing to the cloister quarantine advice from the convent. So, Claire, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. It's always great to talk to you guys. Take care and stay healthy. You too, okay. and happy when Easter it, to you. When it cools off, we'll come out and see you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye now. Bye now. And friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. My family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest, and that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests, but we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Okay, thanks to Claire for being with us today. Always a joy talking with Claire Dwyer. Eventhesparrow.com is the website you can go to and read that article. And uh, many more, by the way. Claire's a pro- very prolific blogger and writer. Yeah, excellent thought, though, to to tap into those who do this all the time. This is their way of life. And it's kind of the forgotten, you know, just like how there's people imprisoned and stuff. And and it's not maybe on our radar, not part of our circle of uh, activities in life. And, and you kind of forget about that. And that's, oh, yeah, there are sisters and brothers that are just monastic. But, you know, but I think think about it, too. The worst part of what, what we're all being asked to do is just— stay at home, we're not really losing any luxury or we're all being fed. We're all we have, have electricity. We have electricity. We right. have a roof over our heads. Right. People right. are delivering food to the house if you want it. I, I mean it's you know, know, it's really not a hardship in that way. And right. on the on the other positive side of it is as I said, we've all uh, learned how to slow down and, and stop doing things. Your your list has gotten much shorter than And to be intentionally focused. You know, like I might have a conversation on the phone with someone, but I'd be, you know, juggling the phone and folding laundry and, and doing other things, making sure the water's boiling for whatever was for dinner. Like you're multitasking. Now you can say, I'm going to have a phone call, sit down and just have that phone call. See, that's for us, it. it's like getting closer to retirement. But I, that's... Know, I know. I, d- I did feel like I was <laughs> I don't retired. think I would like it. Mm. I got to keep doing this. But you I'm mentioned it's true. I, my, see, my route from, from my home to the station is about 20 minutes. And, and so I get in my yeah. house, into the garage, into the car, get in the car, come over here, come into the building. I'm here all day. Then I do the same thing going back. So right. I'm really normal for me. To self I don't have any friends. I don't <laughs> <laughs> He's just, it's just no different. But And I see, and again, I'll scroll 
Facebook and stuff and people say, now I know how much I loved going out to eat or what's the first thing I'm going to do, you know, go to a restaurant or go to a bar or something. And so what are what are we missing you know, and, and well, mass. I think I I, I always love going to the daily mass. You know, and you miss that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I miss baseball. I miss yeah. watching baseball. Yeah. I just I just enjoy it this time of year. I just enjoy baseball, and I haven't had a chance. You can't watch the old repeats. No fun. <laughs> well, you can, but yeah, you, you can, know the outcome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, but, uh, but anyway, well, hopefully now. Things will begin to loosen up a little bit. You you said you were at the park yesterday or you went to the park? I did go to a park. And here's the thing. In Pennsylvania, I thought they lifted that um, parks and rec ban where they had the, you know, you couldn't enter the parks and the yellow tape was there and no one was allowed in. I remember seeing um, a helicopter and that's when they broke the news that they were looking down on a particular park. They said, now people are back to walking the trails, keep social distance. But I went to a local park yesterday and it was still had the orange cones. You still couldn't answer. So I don't know what the story is. All right. Well, tomorrow's supposed to be a lovely day, according to Jim's forecast. So get out and enjoy the day, the weather, just, uh, you know, and take it a day at a time. It'll all, one day we'll look back and say, I remember when. Yes. And be thankful for what we have. So we're thankful for you being here with us today, friends. Have a great weekend. And uh, I'll be with you again on Tuesday, God willing. Have a beautiful weekend. God bless you. Have a great weekend.